Hello everyone and welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, and I'm joined today by none other than my dad and I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hello, my name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm a clinical psychiatrist. So today we're going to be talking about shedding some light on suicide and suicide prevention as well as particularly suicide prevention in college-aged people. I want to go ahead and explain why we're on the topic of suicide this week, and it's because one of my very good friends named Cade Hughesby um, is currently a student at my, alma ma- at my alma mater, and he's producing a docu-series, or a, docu- a short documentary on called Life on the Line, which basically highlights um, a series of suicides that happened on our college campus about a year ago. So we're going to go ahead and get started, and I'm just going to start asking my dad some questions. Um, How do you know someone might be suicidal? Well, that's a a good question to start off with. Uh, What's unique about, or seemingly unique about, college students is that they, in two-thirds of cases, are known to tell a friend that they're having thoughts of hurting themselves. To me, that's a pretty uh, alarming and significant figure and, and statistic because that means that to prevent it, we need to educate those that have friends in college or friends in general for that matter, that when they're talking about suicide, that's something that's a, a serious matter that needs to be addressed immediately. It's an, it's really emergent at that point. What behaviors are warning signs for suicide? Well, the overwhelming symptom appears to be stress and anxiety, as well as other things like loneliness, depression, fear of not belonging, uh, those are some of the symptoms that present themselves uh, as well as other classic symptoms of depression, feelings of of being overwhelmed, sleeping poorly, not eating as well, neglecting one's uh, appearance, uh, lacking interest in things, suffering from poor concentration, having feelings of not belonging, of worthlessness. Those are the classic symptoms of depression that can be the prodrome to uh, suicide. If a person seems troubled, is it safe to ask if they are thinking about hurting themselves? Um, Can asking invoke even more danger of suicide? Actually, it doesn't make somebody more suicidal. It really helps them talk about how they're feeling. And when we're training uh, to become mental health professionals, one of the things that, that we learn and that we try to teach others that are learning is that you can't ask too many questions about suicide. So you want to know if someone's thought about it, if they've actually tried it, if they've known others that have tried it, or when they think about it, under what are the triggers that, that, that precipitate it? Do they uh, know of uh, 
other people that have tried it. So you can never ask too many questions about suicide when you're assessing an individual to see how suicidal they are. Why do some people become suicidal while others with similar risk factors don't? For patients that suffer from a major depressive disorder, 10 or 15% of patients actually do commit suicide. So it's actually something that is a product of a, of a major depressive disorder in its severest form. So suicide is a product of depression and can be something that happens from other uh, non-mood uh, disorders that, that, that they're called like uh, depression and anxiety. Uh, but schizophrenics also have the same rate of suicide and bi patients with bipolar disorder also have similar rates of suicide. So if I'm concerned about a friend, um, about their mental health and their mental health status, what are some questions that I can ask to approach them on this subject? It'd be interesting to just hear them out, see how they're feeling about themselves and, and their life in general to be supportive, to uh, listen and give some feedback, some positive feedback. Uh, sometimes people feel that they're not doing enough with their lives, that they're not worthy, that they're not even worthy to be your friend. So you may want to reassure them that you think that uh, they're somebody that's special to you in your life and that you want them to get some help. Yeah, I mean, I think I can speak on when, you know, I mentioned the documentary earlier that's inspired about what happened to a few students at USC. Um, one of the things that really helped me during that time was my friend support group because I knew that I had a friend support group that was concerned about me, cared about me, wanted to know that I was okay. Um, and I think that's so important just to have that kind of support group. But what would you say, because I mean, we can talk about maybe a few of the cases that happened at USC, but seemingly like some people can seemingly have a strong support group and a, support, a strong group of friends that care about them and then still commit suicide. Well, one of the stats that are reported in college surveys, which I found pretty interesting, was uh, one of the predictors of depression was loneliness. And loneliness isn't even a diagnostic criteria of the American Psychiatric Association. Uh, it's not included as a criteria for depression, yet almost 80% of college students that feel depressed, complain of loneliness, and that's that seems to be a risk factor for becoming depressed in, in college. So having a social network is, I think, really important, maybe a protective factor, according to the data that's been accumulated uh, by the, the, the most recent college surveys. Something that would be interesting to talk about is uh, people who post potentially suicidal thoughts, ideation on social media, how 
should someone, can someone respond to that if they see their friend posting online? I know um, just recently, actually, to maybe a week and a half ago or so, an actor, Lakeith Stanfield, um, I, you've seen him in Get Out. Um, he's also been in Sorry to Bother You. He's been in a few movies and um, and TV series, and he was posting some very disturbing images on inst- on his Instagram of like pill bottles, um, alcohol, and just like very cryptic messages that didn't blatantly say I'm gonna kill myself, but alluded to this kind of darkness that he might have been feeling at the time so my question is how do you respond what do you respond if any well when your friends or relatives or people that you care about demonstrate or show some signs of self-destruction I think it's important to reach out and treat that as an emergency don't take it as a joke or uh they're just kidding. No, I think that that really needs to be looked at seriously. And some may even argue that it should herald the same forces as a heart attack does, where you really have to do a full court press and try to help who's ever uh, demonstrating these, uh, these feelings. So if you ask someone, um, have you thought about hurting yourself? And the answer is yes. Can you believe the answer? And like, what what do you make of the answer? And what happens if the person is resisting help? Well, as this, as it pertains to college students, uh, the statistics the statistics are pretty overwhelming. That forty percent of, of college kids at one point think of suicide, and almost ten percent of them actually try to hurt themselves. So. Uh, it's important to realize that suicide is the second leading cause of death in uh, college students, second only behind to accidents. So again, it's something to take so, so, so seriously. What was interesting was before we recorded this episode and you were sharing like all the statistics that you found and like you were really surprised and shocked and like jarred by the information that you were reading and while although I didn't know specific numbers of like oh it's 40 something percent it's one in every 10 kids I I didn't know the specific numbers but as you were telling me I wasn't shocked at all because as someone who just came out of college and I had my own trials and tribulations and my own battles my own, own mental health battles that I had to deal with um you you were telling me these stats and I was like yeah I know because I and I think um, people don't understand how taxing not a lot of people understand how taxing school can be and how you're balancing school you're also trying to balance an internship depending on what industry you're in and at the same time maybe you have friends that you want to hang out with and maybe you want to go to a social event or maybe you want to date someone. It's like all of these things. Um, and on top of that, it's the first time you've ever been alone with yourself. You don't have your family with you, your close, immediate childhood friends. Um, so it's a lot. Well, when you think about it, it is quite a transition going from high school to college. And it's a major transition. 
and most transitions are associated with stress in and of themselves so if you take all what you mentioned that you're entering a totally new environment probably a more competitive environment than the one you were in so you're gonna have to adjust to a new routine a new setting the pressure of exams again being lonely um, maybe some people aren't that good at making friends so when you add up all these factors it's not surprising that one out of four college students suffer from a depressive disorder and 80% of them complain of feeling stressed out so it's a competitive environment we know that and if you're going to go to graduate school uh, you're competing against your peers so there's expectations from family and friends that you're going to succeed so there's a lot of pressure that can build up and it's not difficult to see that not everybody's going to have a lot of fun and joy through college and college is supposed to be for the most part a fun experience there's a lot of fun things that you can do uh, the college experience should be a beautiful one however that's not how it turns out to be for a, a, a vast majority of kids so that's really uh, troubling to see that uh, we sort of expect so much out of our college students when in fact we're, we're really setting them up for a really stressful experience you can just look at my experience because obviously I can only speak on my own but I went to school locally from where I grew up I wasn't too far from home but I still s struggled with a lot of things nonetheless and you talk about um, pressures that we put on college students it's so true because it's like I think about I look back on my last four years being in college and being so stressed and like having nights where I was so anxious about a paper that I had to turn in or an exam that I had to take the next day and then all for what because I'm at home now I'm not on the job I don't have a job it's so it's like it really puts into perspective just how funny life is in, in that like you know I was suicidal in college and it's like I beat that I overcame that challenge I persevered because I'm resilient like many people are and the fact it's like laughable now that it's like okay well now I'm home <laughs> I'm home and like this pandemic this COVID-19 and that's to say I'm on the privileged end of COVID-19 because I'm able to stay at home with my parents well you bring up a good point and that's an added stressor the the pandemic has, has brought among other things a financial stress for a lot of people and and student kids in particular so uh, there's the stress of the pandemic in and of itself and then there's student debt there's uh, a limited job market so all these factors contribute to i think more mental illness more uh, risk factors for mental illness so it's it's a it's a trying time for for college kids for sure i want to get back to some of the questions that i had 
from earlier um and this i guess would be aimed towards like for parents that might have some questions that come up of like let's say you're a parent you send your kid off to college and you notice there's some changes in them how do you react to that whether it's positive negative but let's we'll stick to the negative side that's kind of the theme today but like um I don't know as a parent how do you react to your child going through a depressive episode well some of the surveys from active minds which is one of the leading organizations in for college kids in regards to their mental health um, suggest that there should be some family ties in the sense that what a lot of colleges are doing and universities is they're promoting that families stay in touch with their kids and I know USC has family week where we get out to go to the campus and we spend there's a lot of activities and we get to spend more time uh, with our with our with, with our students there with their kids so I think it's important for parents to stay connected with their kids and to reach out and be in close contact with them even if they're away from college or they're away from home uh, and because they sh should have a sense as to how well their son or daughter is doing by staying in touch and trying to keep those lines of communication open I think that's a uh, critical knowing now that uh, the stress level can be so high that the kids get overwhelmed and they need to be able to be in touch and be able to provide some support for them. Well, that makes me now think about all the friends that I have that don't have parents involved in their life at all that are in college. What? Where do they go? Where do they turn? Like, I was just on the phone with a good friend not too long ago, and he wants to go into the mental health field that's something that he advocates for and he's currently a senior right now getting ready to apply to grad school and stuff and one of the things he said to me was yeah my mental health is just really bad right now and it just so happened that that day I called him because I was just he was just on my mind so it's like what do you where where do where do those kids fall because those kids are also around that don't have a family that supports them the way that other kids do you know let me go back to active minds i i, I just don't want to mention that in passing um, active minds was founded by allison melman who was a, a junior in the university of pennsylvania back in i think 2003 when her only sibling her older brother uh brian committed suicide and so she took it upon herself to try to make a difference in the lives of college students and I I admire her for this because she took this this loss of her brother but turned that into uh, something that's reaching over 500 campuses across the United States and maybe in, other, in some other countries as well and their goal is to have by in the, in the next couple of years over a, a thousand campuses are going to be served by their presence and they're an advocacy group for college students and they, they can provide services speakers support systems uh, so I, I think it's it's a wonderful organization and in reference to your friend who's a part of the university 
the university does have mental health services as well. Uh, and so he needs to reach out when there is an absence of family. Then there's some, there's peers, there's friends, there's others that can reach out to, uh, to him and he can reach out to them for support. So you don't have to feel lonely. I think that's the message that's, that we want to convey because there are, there are many people that are out there that are uh, ready and willing to help those that need it. Yeah, that's a great message just to kind of wrap everything up. Um, so I encourage you to, you know, keep your friends close. Um, always, you know, check in with yourself and all, oh, also stay away from, you know, drinking and substances because that doesn't help. It amplifies um, a sober mind, is a clear mind, is is a right thinking mind, is... So I encourage, I encourage that as well. And there's a, a few hotlines out there that you can call that I will put in the description as well um, for your reference. Um, but before we wrap up, Dad, if you have anything else to say. Well, the, the salient thing to me that to prevent suicide, when you hear a friend telling you that they're having thoughts of hurting themselves, you you really need to react to that. You really need to get help for your friend. Uh, don't abandon your friend. Don't dismiss that. Uh, you have to really take it seriously. And I'll also reiterate uh, that alcohol and amphetamine use is on the rise in college kids. Those are very disinhibiting substances that will predispose you to hurt yourself too. If you're already feeling down and hopeless and isolated, uh, when you become disinhibited, that may be what pushes, literally pushes you over the edge and, and make you want to hurt yourself. So uh, we encourage any uh, anyone who is feeling down or feeling lonely um, besides themselves to reach out for help because help is available. If you have any questions or would like us to talk about a specific topic, reach out to us on our Instagram at 2020psychpodcast. Um, we respond to DMs all the time. So if, like I said, if you want us to cover a topic, want us to follow up on something, let us know. Other than that, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great day wherever you are. Bye.